This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, here I am. Ha <sighs> Um, so what do we do between now and the midterms? I don't want to count our winnings before, uh, before we put our cards on the table, but I feel, oh gosh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I know, don't count your chickens, all that stuff. But, 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 uh, you notice what Joe Biden's been talking about, because they've got nothing else. He's got nothing else. What can he do? He can try to fire up his base, talking about transgender stuff. It turns 80% of the country off. 80% of the country is not down with this stuff, is not down with children going to the bathroom and some biological, uh, some, some, some imposter coming in and using the bathroom. I'm telling you, I, I, look, I never really took this stuff very seriously for years. I just, you know, eh, it's a side issue. That's a culture war thing. No, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. They're trying to rearrange society by putting toxic ideas in the minds of children. And the good people over there in the U.K., they got the National Health Service. They did some study and they figured out that, you know, most kids when they're experiencing gender dysphoria, which is a real thing, but most kids kind of get over it. It just works its way out. You know, it's a phase. People go through phases. I'm trying to think of a phase that I went through when I was a kid. Um Hmm. Uh, uh, at one point, I was going to be Amish. I met an Amish girl. Well, I met her at the side of the road. They they would sell these uh, trinkets, and I fell in love with her. I knew her for all of uh, three minutes, and she was the most beautiful thing in the world, and I was convinced, I'm going to be Amish. I'm going to be Amish, and I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to marry that girl. All right? Um, by the time we got on the Jersey Turnpike, I was over it, okay? We just, you get over these things. Yeah, I do remember that. And then it was rekindled when I saw the movie Witness, because remember, Harrison Ford, the detective, you know, bad, tough-as-nails detective from Philadelphia, fell in love with that Amish girl, Kelly McGillis. I think it was Kelly McGillis. Anyway, um, you get you work your way through these things. Joe Biden, it's the only thing he's got. You know what he's worried about primarily? He's not worried about working for us, the country. He's worrying about losing the base, making people like AOC mad at him. If AOC gets mad at Joe Biden, along with Rashid, oh, Ilan Omar, the rest of those crazy people, what's the other one? Cory Bush, the squad. They're not as much of a thing, but they are still a thing within the Democrat Party. That's where the heart and soul is of the Democrat Party, the woke. And they're going to find out just how badly they miscalculated by catering to AOC and her radical nut job friends instead of the American people. And then what's worse than a tsunami? What's worse than a tsunami? We got a wave. Then you got a tsunami. Uh, I guess you got like a biblical flood. 
because a tsunami will wash away pretty soon. We haven't seen anything like this since Noah had to build himself an ark. Could it be that that intense? I'm, it's something between a tsunami and uh, water totally covering the earth forever. That's what we're looking at. It's going to be spectacular. Could almost be scary, scary how much, uh, how well Republicans do. Hey, don't count out Joe Pinion. He's running for U.S. Senate here in New York uh, against Chuck Schumer. Now, how about that? How about that? Because it looks like Zeldin could really win this thing. Is everybody going to go with Zeldin and then go with Schumer, too? I don't know about that. I don't know. And Schumer has just been a mean, nasty guy now and kind of a shadow of his old self. I mean, he used to say things like, we need a strong border. You know, we need to uh, be tough on crime. Now it's just social and racial justice and just what a weird soup. Anyway, um, speaking of being scared, are you? Well, we don't have to be scared. I mean, there are lots of safeguards in place, but the president is totally, totally, totally out of it. At one point, uh, the interviewer thinks that Joe Biden is actually asleep and he seems like he's asleep. Listen to this. Cut 28. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. uh, That I uh, that that we're that we're doing something very important and that I shouldn't walk away from it. You hear it when he said, Mr. President, oh, 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 he, he fell asleep for a split second. He had like a, a necrophiliac moment. He nodded off. And Dr. Biden is clearly not on board. I mean, he had to be very careful how he characterized Dr. Biden's wishes. Dr. Biden, who I call Jill, is uh, not a real doctor, of course. Uh, here's the second zone out in the in the little interview here. The guy's name is Jonathan Capehart is talking to him, by the way who is a nice guy. I actually know him. We haven't spoken in years. Uh, I met him. You know who he worked for? Mike Bloomberg. He did a lot of key election work for him during the campaign of 2001. And uh, I don't think that's on his resume anymore because he's become totally woke, left, weird. You know, everything's about race, everything. uh, And I do think that he's using that uh, to enhance and fortify his own position in the media ecosystem. It's not about up with people. It's about up with Jonathan Capehart. Um, That's fine to an extent. Uh, I think he's gotten a little bit carried away. But anyway, uh, hey, life is good for him right now. Here he is walking and talking with Joe Biden at Delaware State University, where Joe a couple of times has claimed he actually attended, which he did not. Anyway, cut 29. The vice president of the United States, Vice President Harris, How's she doing? You're almost two years in. How's she doing? She's doing great. She is a, uh, first of all, she's smart as hell. She has, she has a backbone like a ramrod, and she has enormous integrity. And, uh, but if you take a look out there, there isn't any public figure that is, you know, is 60% favorable ratings. I mean, you know. Most of them, and, but she is doing a great job. Wow. You see that? He does not know where he's going with that. Most people, 60%, 
I guess he's trying to allude to the fact that she's incredibly unpopular, but that's like anybody who's in politics right now seems to be incredibly unpopular. I mean, everybody has been, you know, and that's, I guess, what happens. Everyone's been somewhat radicalized, and I think understandably so. They're pushing, uh, you know, adult men who uh, identify suddenly as women can use the girls' room and be around our children. I remember years ago, it must have been at least 10 years ago, somebody telling me about this, that Obama was okay with it. I'm like, that's not really a thing. Don't worry about it. Nothing's going to happen. You know, no, it is going to happen. It is happening. And Joe Biden actually embraced uh, this uh, weirdo who showed up at the White House, who's, let's face it, pretending that they're a girl, Ryan uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Anyway, more on that in a moment. I can't have adult men in the bathroom with my daughter. I can't. That's not going to happen. Um, Now, why? Why? Am I transphobic? No. Uh, Although, to be honest, I am kind of getting very awkward about trans people. It's am I transpho am I afraid of them? No, that's but I'm 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 getting I'm starting to wonder. I mean like, you know, well, am I at ease with them? Not really. Um some like Christine in Connecticut, I think she's fantastic, you know. I mean she's and all the oh by the way, she's got a lot to say about a lot of different things. You know, it's not just about gender and this stuff. There's just a very enlightened person on a lot of fronts. But I don't know. I I am awkward around those folks. Anyway, why don't I want transgender people in the bathroom with my daughter? Well, because adult men are 99.9% of the child molesters in the world are adult men. 99.9%, right? They are men. 99.9% of the criminals, violent criminals, are adult men. Okay? And if they masquerade as a woman, they're still adult men. And the child molester is an adult male. Yeah, point zero 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 one percent of the time, it's an adult woman. All right, to the point that it's next to impossible. And adult women do not beat them, beat each other up to a pulp. They just don't do it. That's one of the reasons why, you know, in prison, this is insanity. And they're pushing it in New York, by the way. A transgender individual who, by the way, doesn't make them any better or worse than anyone else. If you're transgender, did I tell? Did you see on my Newsmax show, I showed a million different transgender people who have committed horrible, horrible crimes. Serial killers, bank robbers, uh, money fraud people, uh, just to plain out, you know, from simple robbery to uh, financial schemes, transgender people have done all of that. So have heterosexual men. I mean, they've done all of that. Just because you're transgender doesn't mean you get any special status. However, in our society, that's pretty much the way they want it to be, right? Uh, where is that stuff where I had uh, Joe Biden uh, gets asked about all this? Let me see. A block, A block. Where's the Liz Mulvaney thing? Ah, here we go. Uh, this is Joe Biden cut 31. Listen Lawmakers to- in many states want to exclude us from participating in sports or getting proper health care. Some folks want to decide where we can use the bathroom. No one should have fear of living in a state that they call home while being true to themselves. No one should have their lives put in danger because of who they are inside. 
That's why I'm sharing my story with the world. I'm using my platform to stand up for my community and for any of the little Dylans that deserve a clear path to their true identity. Uh, Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and- love you. God love you. That's his response. Hey, nobody should live in fear. Uh, nobody should be penalized for who they are. And that includes us cisgender people, cisgender. They gave it a weird name, but we are cisgender. What is cisgender? Cisgender means I was born a boy. I think I'm a boy and I'm a boy. All right. That means we're cisgender. We are traditional cisgender. They gave it a kind of a, you know, kind of avant-garde sounding name, cisgender. It sounds like a special category. It's not. It means you are normal when it comes to gender issues. Well, we cisgender people have a right to use the bathroom with other cisgender people. I think that's the way it should work. I do. I do, especially when it comes to uh, adults and children. Absolutely. And Joe Biden's just like, God love you. God love you. And and he's asked about this. I think it comes up. uh, Cut 33. I feel very, very strongly that that you should have every single solitary right, including including use of your gender identity bathrooms in public. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a real problem for us. That's a real problem for people, especially with kids. We're talking about adults with children. You know, you notice when you see a bathroom, it doesn't say adults only. It doesn't say kids only. We're all in there together in a somewhat compromised position. And Joe just went with the most radical, dangerous position on this. Just a couple of days for the midterms. Good to know, Joe. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mike Pence is out there campaigning. He wants to be president. Mike Pence, he's going to be the Republican nominee. Uh, Even if Trump winds up not running, and I don't think that's going to happen, I think he's going to run. I have no interest whatsoever in Mike Pence. Nice guy, kind of, but sorry, Charlie. Uh, That's not going to work. Um... What, what what does he have going for him? I mean, let's face it. He didn't do a damn thing about uh, helping Trump. He tripped him up every time he could. He really did. He was always keeping him at arm's length. I, I do not. I am apart from this man. He was always just signaling in, in big ways and small. Um, what else about him? Governor of a nowhere state. I don't think he has any business being president. No way. And he's he's so wooden and rigid and strange you got to be loose. you got to be able to respond. You know, he's got, he retreats into his um, little enclave there, wherever the hell it is these days. And um, I don't know. I mean, I like that he's a man of faith, but um, is it, I don't know, does he, does he have to pray on everything before he says anything? I mean, sometimes you have to, you just have to go with it. Uh, I don't want to use his faith against him. I mean, it's wonderful. I'm a person of faith, but there's something a little bit self-righteous about him. One thing I know as a person of faith and a believer in Jesus that I am as flawed as they come. Oh, boy, I am worthless without him. And with Mike Pence, I don't know. I mean, what the hell was he getting at here? It'll It'll sound like it's reasonable. It'll sound, but I think this is a is a really self-serving and, quite frankly, kind of an ugly statement. Now, you'll hear it, and you'll be like, well, how could Greg say anything about that? I mean, it's a perfectly fine statement. No, it's not. 
It's self-serving, self-indulgent, and misleading. You ready for this? But 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 the fake news they swoon. You'll hear the commentary. I think I got I got the I got the uh, the commentator that geek. Jonathan Carl from ABC News. He he weighs in right after Mike Pence is done. You ready? You'll hear some drumbeat in the background because it's uh, it's on their show. Cut 52, Mike Pence. The American people must know that conservatives will not simply pay lip service to keeping faith with the Constitution, but that we will always keep our oath. We will stand for the Constitution. We will uphold its principles, even when it would be politically expedient to do otherwise. Because if conservatives don't defend the Constitution, we won't just lose elections. We'll lose our country. That's Vice President Pence at the Heritage Foundation this week, putting some distance between himself and the Trump-endorsed candidates who falsely claim that the 2020 presidential election was not legitimate. Yeah. um, See, that's the thing. You see how that guy gives him points for that. But we have to keep our oath. Of course we do. But guess what? Good people have differing views at times about what the Constitution actually says, right? I mean, you have the Supreme Court itself. How many five to four decisions have they come up with? And what's the basis of it? They disagree about what the Constitution says. So I can look at the Constitution and think that, well, the Electoral Count Act of 1887 is totally constitutional is in accordance with the constitution's law of the land and it said that you could actually put those electoral votes back to the state capitals if we knew that the electors were forced at gunpoint to vote in a certain way we would say of course you can't accept those electoral votes well it wasn't quite that dramatic but we think there was something there mike pence you're too full of yourself and you'll never be president i'll be right back greg kelly on the red apple podcast network Maggie Haberman is with us uh, talking about her new book, uh, Confidence Man. Maggie Haberman's new book is coming out, Confidence Man, about about Trump. And she's, you know, including some never-before-heard conversations she had with him. And then there's Maggie Haberman reporting in her new book, Confidence Man, The Making of Donald Trump and the Breaking of America, a title that really says it all. It's a book that covers everything. And uh, honestly, I, I, I hope a lot of people read it before the next election comes because I think it gives a lot of uh, much-needed insight. The book sucks. The book absolutely sucks. Uh, I'm reading it. Please don't buy it. I can't believe they get away with this stuff. I can't believe it, actually. Now, this was something that I was actually looking forward to because she said to have a unique relationship with Trump. No, she doesn't. No, nothing unique, nothing special here. This is about Trump mostly before he becomes president. It's all stuff I've read before, seen before, nothing new. And what is in there, a lot of it is fake, a lot of mistakes, a lot of... uh, just weird things. And again, stuff that I read in the paper like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, six years ago, five years ago. And some of the stuff I've known that was wrong then is still wrong now. And and some of the little things, I'm sorry, I know some people say, well, you're really kind of uh, the, de- the devil, uh, the detail. I mean, you're really nitpicking. Yeah, well, so what? And I, I think I told you, I love Bob Caro. I love Stephen Ambrose. I love those great, uh, who's the other guy I like? Manchester. Big, big books. They go away for years, years to write them, and they come out and they're a thousand pages. Doesn't work that way anymore. Uh, no, yeah, you just uh, turn it out, kick it out, two hundred and twenty pages, whatever. 
And presto changeo, it's a book. Well, that doesn't convince. It's not what a book is supposed to be. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. A book is supposed to convey something special, and this book doesn't. And it's the hottest book right now in the political world. Hey, you want to say uh, screw you to the fake news? You can buy a quality book by me. It's out there right now. And do me a favor, if you don't mind. Because uh, I got a publisher who basically is my boss, and it's a very good publisher, Simon and Schuster. And my book right now is available for pre-order. It's called Justice for All: Why the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Uh, Simon and Schuster Threshold Books. You can go to my Twitter. You can go anywhere books are sold, and you can find it. Greg Kelly, the book Justice for All. And by the way, the sales there. It, it's not available until January tenth. But but. The pre-order thing is a very big deal, and you'd be helping me a lot if you go ahead and buy the book. I'd appreciate it. You know what? You know why? Because this hopefully will not be my last book. All right, I got a, I got an even more important idea for the next book. I'll, I'm going to read a little bit from this. Everybody um, really gets hooked. I know. Look, it's the first chapter is something else. I tell the story about the very first time I saw my father use his gun. I was seven years old. Uh, we were out just to go to uh, do a little shopping. Actually, my mother was returning a gift, a birthday gift that my brother got, and uh, it didn't work. It was a toy aircraft carrier, and it didn't work, and she went in to return it to Times Square Stores, which was in Hempstead, Long Island. And my uh, father, my brother and I are oblivious. We're screwing around in the station wagon. My father sees somebody snatch a purse from a woman, and the car went from zero to 100 in about one-eighth of a second. I've never seen a car do that before or since. I just have never. And we are airborne in the back seat. We're like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And he said, I'll never forget it. Somebody did something bad. And because that was like code for us. Because I was such, I was actually not seven. I was about five. And we didn't understand where did my dad go all day? You know, he went to work. Well, what was work? Um, and I knew what work was from TV a little bit. Felix Unger, you know, in the opening credits when he's walking around with his suit on and his attache case. How about Bob Newhart when he's making his way home from work? You know, do, 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 do. That's what work looked like to me. Or that's what I thought of work. But I knew he did something different. He caught bad guys. So that's what he did. Anyway, somebody did something bad. And then... We see the guy, he's running. He's running away from us, and my dad is paralleling him on Peninsula Boulevard in Hempstead and corners him in an alley or some sort of clearing or an empty parking lot, gets out of the car, pulls out his gun, and then the guy is yelling and screaming. And then my dad says something, and then the guy kind of like looks stunned, drops the bag, and runs away. And he comes back into the car. And he puts the bag in the back. I'm like, what happened? What happened? He said, uh, or what did he say? And he said, go ahead and shoot me. I've got nothing to live for. 
what a statement, huh? Go ahead and shoot me. I've got nothing to live for. And he gave gave us the bag, to, the purse to guard, I guess. And and it was, or that's how I felt. I was, I'm guarding this pocketbook. I felt a little bit disappointed. Like, you know, why didn't you go after him? And he said, well, because you guys were here. That's a good point. He can't climb a fence with two kids in the car. You know, anyway, he got the purse, goes back. Um, somebody called the cops. There are like 50 cops there. And uh, by the time we get back there, my mom comes out of the store, has no idea what's going on. No idea. And she, the way she tells the story, my father is in the back of a police car. And we're standing next to the police car, next to a policeman, and we're crying. The kids are crying. It does not look good. It's not a good situation. But he was just in the car because it was cold, and he was telling, you know, I don't know, telling what happened or whatever. So about five minutes after that, we're all back in the station wagon going home, which is about a 10-minute, we're 10 minutes from home. And before we even got home, I, I distinctly remember my dad was talking about other things. Had just gone back. Like, this was the adventure of a lifetime. Here I am, almost 50 years later, still thinking about it, talking about it, writing about it in a book. And he was, it was for him, it was ho-hum. That's what people, that's what he did all day long. It wasn't all that special. Uh, but I just thought it was magnificent. Anyway, you can read that story and many more about other heroes out there and uh, how they have been so targeted and penalized by the left and why that's happening and how we can fight back. Uh, again, the book is available wherever books are sold. Justice for All, Why the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement by Greg Kelly. I'm very proud of this. And, um, yeah, this is not going to be a favorite of the left. They're going to hate it. Uh, and that's what makes it even more special. So if you want to help the cause, um, Go ahead, go to Amazon or wherever you go, and, and please, thank you. I'd be very, very appreciative. Um, that would be great. And what else? Uh, oh, there's a big debate. I, I really should hear from you guys at this point. Let's see. Uh, Debbie is in Connecticut. Hi. Hi. Hello. Um, uh, Greg, I have two things I wanted to bring up with you. One is uh, on the clip where Ashley Babbitt is shot, you know, the scene well, and I do too, because I've been watching your show for a long time. When those three cops suddenly walk away, there's two guys that quickly continue trying to smash the glass. <clears throat> Short, Excuse me, I'm really nervous. <laughs> Shortly after is when Ashley gets shot. Remember in the interview with Detective Bird, I put that in quotes. Uh, where he said that Ashley posed a threat, and that's why he shot her. She posed a threat. Yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Why didn't he think that those two guys smashing and and very violently trying to break the door down, why didn't he think they were posing a threat? Yeah, by his own definition, he should have been shooting everybody. He should have been shooting everybody. Every cop should have been shooting everybody in the Capitol, by his own definition of this. Because you'll know what happened right next door in the Senate. Like, they're trying to protect the House of Representatives. Well, right next door in the Senate, they got in, and they walked right up to the damned uh, rostrum, and rostrum, and nobody did anything, and they even escorted them in. So yeah. wh- why yeah. why there? Why was it so critical that you kill that woman? Very, very odd. What else? Um, the other thing, and I know you're going to like this or at least find it very interesting. Did you know that there's a connection between Alzheimer's and ice cream? I did not. Tell me more. Okay, well, I don't know much about it myself, but I heard something about it. So I just now, before I decided to call your show, I, I Googled the phrase, and, and you you should do it too. Is this about the ice cream headache? Because I get that ice cream headache. It's agony. When you eat the ice cream too fast, 
nope, yeah, I know that, but no, that's not. It's it's Google the phrase ice cream and Alzheimer's. There's so much information about it, the benefits of giving ice cream to people with Alzheimer's. There's articles, there's even books, and it's 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 definitely worth a little clip, I think, on your show. Let's see here. The power of ice cream. Uh, this is from the Alzheimer's Association. Ice cream brings people with dementia to happier, warmer times when the treat was shared with friends and loved ones. Okay, that that. let me see here. I don't know if this is a legit website or what. The Alzheimer's, It sounds legit. The power of ice cream. We all have good days and bad days. We all have lived through moments of increased frustration, blah, 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 blah. Some of us distance ourselves from the situation and take time off. Some do this, some do that. Uh, we have the ability to select our own coping strategies. This happens when we develop dementia. Oh, give me a break. Uh, get to the point. When a brain is affected by dementia, it has diminished capabilities to process information. A luncheon with friends, family, replacing the gas tank on the barbecue, baking a German chocolate cake, packing for a weekend outing, using a list to shop for groceries at the supermarket, all kinds of activities, even one considered routine before dementia may be stressful and frustrating. Uh, I don't know when the hell I get to the ice cream part. It's in the headline. Um, You will never hear a person with dementia say, I'm getting frustrated, so I'm going for a little walk on the beach to clear my mind. This does not happen. Instead, when frustrated, a person with dementia may get angry, agitated, or cry, or pace around the home. Oh, my God, this does sound like Joe. Pace around the home, rummage through drawers and cabinets. We've seen him walking around in circles. Your caregiver. Okay, this is the point when caregivers need to extend their coping. Uh, those. It never gets to the point of the ice cream. Oh, wait. Uh, all right. Look, there might be something to this. The Alzheimer's. Thank you for telling me. I'm going to. I got to keep reading this thing. It goes on for pages and pages and pages. Um, but you're not wrong. There's a lot of literature about ice cream and dementia. Yes, it's, you really have to look at it. I, I couldn't believe it. How about this? Here we go. If you are caring for a loved one with dementia, find out what flavor is their absolute favorite and never run out of ice cream. If you have dietary concerns, use brand like, oh, my gosh, use brands that observe your dietary needs. There are plenty of diet. This is crazy. You're damn right. Uh, now, this is the Alzheimer's Association, which let me see if there's anything else. Is ice cream good for dementia? Let's find out. Uh, why ice cream? Caregiver challenges ice cream story. Challenges the Alzheimer's story. Wait, wait. Uh, is Joe Biden's love for ice cream a sign of dementia? Uh, the ice cream is delicious. A guide for Alzheimer's. This is the book. The This ice cream is delicious. Now, wait a second. Is this a real book or is this a phony baloney it, 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 it looks like it's a very, it could be self All right, look, there's something here. I'm going to get on it. Thank you, Debbie. Thank you. All right, good stuff. I get some great stuff from you guys. And, oh, by the way, um, I hopefully uh, return the favor and the book thing. The book thing is important. You know what I mean, Jason? Jason in Jersey City. Hello. Hey, Greg, how you doing, buddy? You all right? Yeah. Good. I want to support you, man. I want to, I'm dying to buy your book. So <laughs> every time I search it out, I find it, but it's not being offered on CD, man, and I just don't know why. Uh, well, number one, I haven't recorded the audio. I haven't recorded the audio book yet. Uh, I am doing that. I don't know if it's going to be on CD. I don't know if most books are on CD these days. I just don't know that. We talked about this before. I don't know. 
Um, look, if you buy the book, I'll freaking read it to you. Okay, I'll 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 record it. I'll make sure you get it. I'm serious. Greg, is I'll pre-order the book today on CD regardless. If it comes out on CD later, I'll just buy it again later on. That's you, okay. You are the man. I appreciate it so much because my publisher is on my case. i got to sell this thing. What else? Believe me, sir. I, will, I, I wanted to tell you something else. I've been watching Fox News since Hannity and Combs' show, and I stopped watching Fox News after the uh, last uh, presidential election because I believe they, uh, they, they hate Trump, and if they hate Trump, I don't, I don't watch them. Yeah. So I've been watching you and Newsmax ever since. I've turned at least five people onto your show, and they all love it. And one of the reasons, another reason I stopped watching Fox News, like people like Ingram, um, you know, she would be talking about these these racists, these uh, Colin Kaepernick's and, you know, saying all these horrible things that they say and repeating what they say. But then in the same breath, say, well, he's probably a nice person to sit down and have a beer with. You know, when you walk the fence like that, it turns me off and I just change the channel. But I'm strictly Newsmax now. And um, I love you guys, man. Well, thank you very much. Look, I don't know. I like Laura. I've met her many times. I like her very. She's great. I. There must be something else because I people do say that people do say that it's a thing. So it's like you're opposing their views. You're not opposing the person. I get that. Hey, did I ever tell you my own Cap- Colin Kaepernick story? Based on what you just said, you may not like it. Okay, but I was at Chelsea Piers a couple of years ago, the gym, and um, I'm working out. Whatever. I didn't really work out very much there. I, they had a pool, and I actually was was a swimmer for a while. So I leave the place, and I'm waiting for the elevator, and guess who's next to me? It's Colin Kaepernick. I'm like like 95% sure it's Colin Kaepernick. Are you with me? Yes, sir. And I'm like, are you that guy? And he's like, what guy? And he got like kind of not hostile but like skeptical. And I said, dad, you know what I'm talking about. So we're on the elevator, and I say to him, isn't it great that nobody comes here? The place is never crowded. I love that. And he's like, yeah, it's like it's like New York's little best-kept secret. You know, it's true because it was like always empty because it's too far west. It's too far away. Anyway, we walk off the elevator together, and he gets into an SUV, and it's definitely Colin Kaepernick. It's definitely Colin Kaepernick, you know? Now, yes. I mean, look, we had a pleasant exchange. I knew it was him. I knew he was annoyed, and then... I found common ground to talk about. That's okay. I'm not going to, you know, because I, I, I say stuff like that from time to time. Hey, he's a nice guy, I'm sure. You know, Joe Biden is probably nice to small animals. Well, actually, he's not. Remember when he pulled his dog's tail? Um, you know, Somebody somewhere loves Joe Biden. I think I told you this once, dude. I love everybody. I love every living creature. Everybody is here for a purpose. That doesn't mean I have to like them. So um, I don't want to talk you out of watching my show, but I kind of know where she's coming from a little bit. Does that make sense? Possible. Yes, it does make perfect sense. And I appreciate that, man. Believe me, I try to keep an open mind. But, you know, I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of things. I've done a lot of years in prison. And, what? you know, I know what's. Well, yeah, I, 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 it, it, that's where I. What'd you do? To, uh, what'd you what'd Catholicism. You, no kidding. Well, what, what'd you do? All kinds of stuff, man. Uh, all violence uh, from the age of 18 on. I'm 57 now, and uh, it's been about 11 years since I've had any kind of traffic infraction or arrest or any of that madness. That's all done. I, I turned to uh, to Jesus while I was in prison in New Jersey, and 
But uh, that aside, you know, I try to love everyone, but I'm not going to be a useful idiot. You know what I mean, Greg? Yes, I do. Like, I do. Well, Jason, yeah. listen, keep in touch. You guys who spent time in prison and got straightened out, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. I'd like to talk again. Maybe we'll do a podcast or something. There's another guy on Long Island, same situation. I find it very interesting and good for you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. Take All the best. Oops, I'm a little bit late. We'll talk. Uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, so the big debate uh, is tonight, Zeldin versus Hochul, and uh, what else? Dr. Oz versus Fetterman. Uh, both are going to be interesting. Both are going to be hard to find. Uh, well, it's always hard to find. Another state's uh, debate uh, sometimes are carried on cable, usually not. Um, the New York One debate, it's on New York One, Zeldin versus Hochul. She wants it on New York One because every time I've gone, I don't have New York One at home. I used to work at New York One. Uh, carried my own camera. It was a very interesting process working there. I was there for a year and a half, and uh, I had a great time. I, I just uh, running all over the city, interviewing candidates, running around with the mayor. Fascinating stuff. Uh, but I moved on. I was in a hurry, young man in a hurry, and uh, I went to Fox News, and uh, the rest is history. But New York One now is, uh, well, very, very much left. They lean left, and it's not easy to get. Number one, it's not the kind of thing that you turn on all the time. You know, weather on the ones, who cares? Everybody gets the weather now. Everybody knows what's going on. It's just on your phone. The phone took so much of, the smartphone took so much of New York One's kind of reason for being out of the picture. I mean, you know, weather, we know it. It's um, headlines. You can consume them far more efficiently off the phone. They never upped their game. They did not evolve the way they should have evolved um, because everything has gotten quicker and they've gotten slower. They are just plodding along, doing the same thing they've always done. And now there's going to be a debate. Now it's on New York One because most New Yorkers don't get New York One. And if you want to watch the debate, I've noticed this before. What does it try to do? It tries to get me to sign up for Spectrum. I don't want Spectrum. I don't want any of that stuff. I just want to see the debate. It should be on free TV, the kind of TV you get if you just have a coat hanger for an antenna. A lot of millennials are doing that, by the way. They've already cut the cord, so they have the antenna, and uh, you can get HD, I think, via an antenna. So it's a really cynical move on Kathy Hochul's part because she's not ready. Uh, she's flailing. Now she understands that this crime thing is not a, you know, it's it's not... It's not made up. It's a real, genuine concern that we have about our safety. And this is a real thing. So she, too late, is starting to acknowledge it, but pretending that she's doing something about it, coming up with silly phrases. Lee Zeldin, you did it, sir. It's, uh, I know we're not there yet, but ooh, it's getting close. It's getting real close, and the polls are looking very good. Lee Zeldin could very well be our next governor. And uh, get out there and help them, people. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ah, so, uh, yeah, final word on that debate might be hard watching, and that's just the way Kathy Hochul wants it. Uh, we got to get it out there somehow. Uh, it's probably, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I should, re- Maybe I should bootleg the damn thing. Remember in uh, Seinfeld, the bootlegger? George was the bootlegger. I'm a bootlegger. Uh, Maybe I will bootleg it. Yeah. Is that against the law? Probably. But it's one of those things like tearing the pillow, uh, the label off the pillow. 
Is that still against the law? I think it is. But, you know, there are laws and then there are laws. There are laws you... Mm, well, I, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to bootleg that thing. I'm not saying you should bootleg it, but somebody's got to... <laughs> if you can't get it normally, we have to see it. You know, the nerve of her, when you, when you think of it, you know, Channel 2 is free. Channel 4, Channel 5, Channel 7, Channel 13, they're free. And they're pri- they're yes they're private entities but they don't uh, they don't charge viewers. New York One charges its viewers. You got to have cable to get New York One, and I don't think it's right that it's a closed system for people who have cable. And let's face it, everyone's cutting the cord. Um, I don't even know if I have cable to be honest. I, I just uh, you stream this, you stream that. I got the sling in my TV. I can watch Newsmax on my phone. So uh, this is a really cheap trick, but she's scared. She is scared, and she's scared in part because uh, uh, she's ignored New Yorkers. She's ignored our concerns, and now she is desperately trying to play uh, catch-up. This is catch-up. Like, I've always been worried about crime. Yeah, I've always been concerned. Let's see. What's her uh, – try this. uh, Cut 42. Since my first days in office, I've said we need our subway system to truly work. It has to be on time, but most importantly, it has to be safe. Wow. Profound words, huh? Since her first days in office, well, it's late as ever, and it's more dangerous than at any time in history. So how is she doing? That was a year and a half ago almost that she became governor. She's doing terrible, and she needs to be ejected. And little uh, slogans like this, and she's so giddy and happy with herself. Cut 41. I'm constantly asking my team, and they're the best. We speak regularly about what we can do. I'm always saying, what can we do to make our subway safer? And my answer back to everyone, I say, do whatever it takes. And that's why we're here today, to be joined by my partners, these leaders. We have a crime-fighting strategy. We've leaned into proven law enforcement strategies, investing in new technologies that will make a difference. And we're providing New Yorkers the support and the help they need. Here's what we're calling it. Cops, cameras, care. It's easy to remember the three C's. Wow. We've been waiting for this. There goes the crime problem. It's done. The three C's. Cops, cameras, care. Now I looked at it. You know what it means? Um... Unarmed security guards, a handful of unarmed security guards, and uh, a couple of MTA cops working overtime. MTA cops, of which there are uh, only 800, so only about uh, a third of that are on duty at any given time. I guess they'll try to, they have to, you know, overtime games. And at hand, I think she said uh, two stations, 34th Street and uh, Grand Central. Huh? This... They don't know what they're doing. And you saw that yesterday. They're just standing around pretending. I mean, when Eric Adams talks like this, to me, he sounds like somebody who obviously did not read the book, but is trying to do a book report. Okay? So um, bail reform is a is a hot-button issue. Kathy Hochul could, could, with her emergency powers, throw it all out, and insist that judges factor in dangerousness to keep people in It gets technical, but there's a reason why uh, the Axeman is out, on, uh, out of jail two hours after he gets arrested 
for going on a rampage in a McDonald's, okay? This crazy bail reform, which she could suspend. So listen to Eric Adams totally faking it. Cut 44. Good afternoon. Um, Mayor Adams, can you tell us what was discussed at the crime summit and specifically if bail reform was a topic that came up? If not, why not, considering the feelings of crime in New York City? Uh, uh, First of all, we had a a good, healthy cross-section interaction. Governor's office, uh, lawmakers, public advocates, district attorneys, uh, defense attorneys, uh, judges. Uh, I, I was just extremely impressed in the room. And here's what we came away with. Everyone wants to point one word to dealing with um, the uh, criminal justice issue we have, bail reform, bail reform, bail reform. No, it's more than that. There are many rivers that feed the sea of violence, and we discussed every river in the room, a part of them today, and tomorrow we're going to discuss more. Everything was part of our conversation. The problem of crime is not one incident. We want to keep thinking it is, but it's not. And that's what we put on the table today. What is the role of the police, the judges, lawmakers, prosecutors, defense attorney? How do we come together and deal with the criminal justice problem? Everything was discussed for today's session, and we're going to follow up tomorrow's session. Wow. Uh, That really threw him for a loop. Uh, How do you use police? How do you use judges? How do you use prosecutors? Let them judge. Let them prosecute. Let them police. This whole movement brought this on. They have only themselves to blame, especially you, Eric, all the undermining you did of the police every step of the way. And at the last second, in 21, you change your tune, you fool a handful of people in the city, and on the last day of school, you manage to get 200,000 votes. Nobody knows how ranked choice voting works. And a week later, presto changeo, you're the Democrat nominee. You, you're the mayor. 200,000 people out of 8 million voted for this punk. And he's walking around like he's emperor. And oh, by the way, um, he's a dishonest guy. Of course he is, right? Because we all know he loves the nightlife. He's always out partying, doing stuff, nonsense. And, uh, but, but they just throw this out there because this is what politicians do. They say things like this. Cut 45. And I won't rest, and the governor won't rest, and our team won't rest until this system is a place, safe place for all who utilize the system. He won't rest. He's not going to rest until it's a safe place. Well, uh, that means no more clubbing. That means no more uh, mysterious restaurants with friends. That means no more whatever the hell you got going on. Uh, you can't rest, Eric. Well, of course, that's just something they say. That's something that feels good in the moment. You want to know who Eric really is? 2019, cut 46, Eric Adams speaking in public and admitting his racism, cut 46. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers' ass, man. I was unbelievable. I was unbelievable. He kicked those crackers' ass. I wonder if he, behind his back, calls Chief Corey, Kenneth Corey, a cracker. To say uh, he's been let go. Chief Corey, 32 years on the job, uh, knows the department inside and out. Why? He's the chief of the department. He's been the chief of the department since January. Eric doesn't seem to be comfortable with him. I wonder if it has something to do with his race. 
because he's a white man. And right now, being a white man, especially being a heterosexual white Christian man, is a major, major demerit. And I think uh, I, I, there's no way Corey would have survived in that job with a guy like uh, Eric, with a guy who's uh, always fighting the crackers. Eric, I hate crackers, Adams. It's too bad because we pay the price for this guy's ego, for this guy's prejudice. We pay the price. And what's her name? Kathy Hochul. She's afraid of him. She's totally afraid, totally intimidated. I'm not. I'm not. Andrew in New Jersey. Hello. You should be afraid if you run against him, he's going to kick your cracker ass. I'll kick Greg Kelly's cracker ass in this <laughs> election. <laughs> but uh, Maggie Haberman, and I could tie that into Colin Kaepernick. What you should have told Colin and Maggie is that, oh, you say Trump feels uncomfortable around black people. Really, was he uncomfortable when he received the NAACP award for job creation? in New York City area in the African-American community presented to him by Jesse Jackson. Was he uncomfortable when he was the major funder of the first African-American presidential run, prominent run, Jesse Jackson, who didn't win but did well, and that helped pave the way for Obama, who Trump actually endorsed. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Trump did not fund Jesse Jackson in 1984, did he? Yeah, he was one of the major funders. You're of, kidding me. Of Jesse. He liked Ray. Wait, wait. How do you know that? Just researching and following. Ah, wait a second. Years. He made a campaign contribution to Jesse Jackson Jr. I think that's why Jesse was the one that presented him with the awards and Jesse promoted Trump as. He but there are lots of ways awards. to win over Jesse Jackson, but I don't know if about the campaign thing. I got to look into that. And I know he's gotten this. Hey, more than the awards, more than the high profile associations Trump has had, you got to look at what Trump did when no one else was looking. Okay, you know, I I, I hear people say and they they think there's merit to this. Well, Trump is only friends with famous black people. Right. Michael Jackson and and, you know Don King and people like that. Well, actually, that's not true. And he's friends with all. This guy is totally it's really true. He's the least racist person out there. Um, I looked it up. It's not a check, but in 1975, when, you know, this was not, there was no woke stuff going on. We had just laid off New York City, about 40,000 municipal employees, including thousands of cops, and they were looking for jobs. And Donald Trump hired um, an individual who happened to be black as his bodyguard slash driver. Um, And they went everywhere together. Months and months and months, years and years and years. And I think his name is Utsi, Utsi, U-T-S-E-Y. And I'm going to show you tonight. I'm going to show you this guy. It's nobody else really knew or cared if Trump were uncomfortable with black people, as Maggie Haberman alleges in her silly, dopey book. Why would he hire a guy and spend every single working hour with him? You know what I mean? Uh, a, a, A black individual when nobody was looking, nobody cared. You know, he just wanted... And he interviewed him. He, he 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 selected him out of it was a competitive process. So anyway, I don't know about that Jesse Jackson thing. And wait, did you say that Trump endorsed Obama in 2008? That might be true. Look, I voted yes. I voted for Obama in 2008. I did. 
One of the reasons, well, I really couldn't take, I like Sarah Palin a lot, but I didn't think she was vice presidential material. Anyway, all right, Andrew, good stuff. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, I'll do one more. It's been on the phone for a while. Sandra, New Jersey, hi. Oh, Greg, I want you to know that it will warm my heart to buy your book. That goes without saying. But um, I wanted to ask you if I could say two things today. Say them. Okay. My nephew, Brandon, was very astute in his observation that in this particular election, big companies are not encouraging us to go out and vote. He feels that maybe they don't want to have high voter turnout because in the past, he said, he remembers Nike, all these big companies saying, go out and vote. So I wanted to pass that by you. That's interesting then, because you're right. There's always this, uh, you know, it's the coolest thing in the world to do um, in certain years. Not so much this year. Brandon, hey, let's go, Brandon. I think he's on to something. This is your nephew? Yes. All right, smart yes. kid. Uh, there's something. You're right. I'm going to compare it to previous midterm years. Keep going. Okay. Okay, and the second thing is my concern. Okay, this debate tonight, first of all, with Fetterman, I just learned about Giselle, his wife, and I think she's going to play a very big role in his campaign. And then I'm also concerned about the questions. Is he going to have them ahead of time because of his impediment? You know, is it going to be – I don't know. I'm worried about the debate, him knowing the questions beforehand maybe – but then my sister said, even if he knows the questions, once Oz answers him back, he's going to get thrown off maybe. All right. Don't worry about anything. It's all going to be beautiful. All right. Don't worry about it. Your sister, your nephew, uh, they got good information. I don't want you to worry about the debate. I just want you to enjoy it. I think it's going to be uh, a wonderful thing. All right, Sandra? Thank you so much. I love you. All Have right. All the best. Very much appreciated. Bye-bye. Oop, I got to go. Oh, and I got some news about that 2008 thing that Andrew was talking about. May not be the case, Andrew. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I, 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 I don't care what her political views are. I know she's uh, one of those basketball players who walks off the court when they play the Pledge of Allegiance, all that stuff. I mean, this is a free country. You're allowed to do that stuff. I don't like it, but you're allowed to do it. I really don't like it. As a matter of fact, I think the the WNBA should fire people, but you do have the, you know, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want, and uh, the WNBA can do whatever it wants. So can the NBA, and I think these people have to be tougher, and we have to have some certain shared-upon values, and one of them is pro-America. America is not evil. America has problems, but America is not the problem. Anyway, I wonder if Brittany Griner, when she ultimately comes back to America, because she's in a Russian prison right now, uh, if she'll view us a bit more sympathetically, huh? I want her back, and uh, Joe Biden has zero clout to get her back because of all the all the stuff he's done. I mean, he's really dug himself into a hole here. No one's talking about peace. No one's talking about peace. Um, I think it's time for some peace. I'd like to see peace brokered. I really would. I don't. I just. I want there to be peace. I'm for peace. And uh, Ukraine, Russia, work it out, whatever. Big countries invading small countries since the invention of countries. I can't, I can't get worked up too much about it. I don't like crime. I'm rooting for the Ukrainians. I don't like war. I've been to war. It's a horrible thing. Must be avoided at all costs. Sometimes you ap- you have to fight it, but that's pretty rare. And too often people just go into it not knowing anything about it. We did it. 
the George W. Bush administration, all those idiots like uh, Wolfowitz and Rumsfeld uh, never saw combat and just thought, oh, this will be clean. This will be antiseptic. This will be, what did that Tommy Franks come up with? Speed kills. We're going to drive right to Baghdad. We're going to decapitate the. We're going to decapitate the Iraqi regime, and the entire country will fold. No speed doesn't kill; it just passes your enemies by, and that's what we did. And a horrible mistake, horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Anyway, um, it's amazing how, uh, for a while there, Dick Cheney couldn't show his face in public. I mean, he was the real champion of this war, right? Oh, I got to do this first. It's not true that, um, Andrew, I'm sorry, but you were wrong about Trump endorsing Obama back in 2008. Um, I got the uh, transcript here. He's on the Larry King Show. He says this. This is Trump. I think that, oh, there's the music. All right. What he did in this choice is amazing because nobody else would have made it. It was a courageous choice. It was really reinvigorated the party. He's talking about Sarah Palin. King, have you formally endorsed the ticket? Trump, no, but I'm endorsing McCain. I am basically very strongly, you have to understand, I've known him, I like him, I respect him. King, so you're endorsing him? He's a smart guy, and I think he's going to be a great president. So you're endorsing him? Sure, I'll endorse him on your show. Why not? You just endorse him? Trump, I endorse him. All right. Sorry, Andrew. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Um, And... What's her name? Liz got all kinds of top jobs in the uh, Bush-Cheney administration. Working at the World Bank, working at the State Department. And now she's like, what did I call her last night? Super brat. She's a super brat. I mean, Liz Cheney, little Liz Cheney, who just lost an election in Wyoming by about 50 points. She lost to her primary opponent. That's like, that's really hard to do when you're an incumbent. You got to um, you got to really annoy your base. You got to really go out of your way, and she did by running that phony baloney sham hearing, uh, the January six hearings, where she's looking at everything except who killed Ashley Babbitt, except who are the cops who let people in, who are the cops who threw the flash grenade that detonated and helped start the riot. Right, none of that stuff is on the table. Just what did Trump or Steve Bannon say in some podcast? Now, listen to this. This is the spoiled part. Listen closely to what she says here. Cut 36, please. There are very few certainties in politics. Um, But one thing that you can absolutely count on is that uh, there are tens of millions of Americans who will do uh, everything we need to do to make sure Donald Trump is never the president again. Everything we need to do. What the hell does that mean? Tens of millions will do everything we need to do. There's something ominous about that, right? Something tells me she's not talking about voting or raising money. There's something like, what are they going to do? Burn buildings? Is there going to be another pandemic? What will they do? It doesn't sound right. And also, this is not up to Liz. This is, again, the spoiled part. This little outgoing lawmaker from Wyoming, one house seat. It's like the, the least populous state in the country, right after Alaska. And and she's not going to let Trump become president again. That's what she says out loud. Cut 37. I think that there's no question that the, the his election as president in 2016 uh, began something that has been very dangerous for this nation. And we now see he's willing to do everything he needs to do, uh, everything within his power to stop the peaceful transition of power. And he can never be president again. 
he can never be president again. What if he gets more votes than anybody else, right? No, he can never be president again. But what if he wins the nomination? And what if people like him more than his opponent? I think that for her, it still applies. He can never be president again. What are they going to do? Something extra democratic, outside the democratic process. That's creepy stuff. Very creepy. And by the way, well, here, she even says it's un-American for Republicans to endorse other Republicans. You know who Glenn Youngkin is? He's the new governor of Virginia. He's doing an amazing job. And uh, he won a Republican in a state that's been going blue for a while. Pretty extraordinary achievement. And he endorsed, Glenn Youngkin did, Carrie Lake. Nothing wrong with that. Carrie Lake, you know, it's a free country. There were problems with the election. There were. And it's a free country, and it's okay to talk about it. Listen to how they pose this to Liz and what she says. And you're going to hear the endorsement of Glenn Youngkin, uh, Carrie Lake in here, too. Cut 38, please. I want to play for you. Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin was campaigning with her. He was specifically asked by my colleague, uh, Garrett Hake, about your critique of Republicans that were campaigning with Carrie Lake. Here was his response. I believe that every state deserves a Republican governor, and Arizona deserves another Republican governor. A lot of Republicans in the last three weeks that I would describe as uh, empathetic to what you've been doing have suddenly found themselves deciding, hey, party over country. What do you make of those decisions? You know, I think they they are really indefensible decisions. And, uh, you know, I've said I think that uh, Glenn Youngkin has uh, done a good job as governor of Virginia. Um, but nobody should be out uh, advocating for the election of people who uh, will not honor the sanctity of our elections process. And, you know, people who do that are, in fact, putting politics ahead of the Constitution and ahead of the country. No, no. Honoring the sanctity of our elections process. What's sanctified about elections? It's like any other process, and a process can be corrupted. A process can be undermined. A process can be screwed with. And we know that they use COVID as an excuse to change the rules in violation of the law. They did it. I know they did it. I have proof. Everybody does. Courts are actually weighing in. You know when they say that phony thing? 63 courts have said there was no vote. No, that's actually not true. That's a little rhetorical game they're playing. They said, you're in the wrong court. you got to go see somebody else. Now, there are courts, like Supreme Courts in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, that are saying, hold on a moment. Uh, this, this, and this that you guys pulled in 2020, it was against the law. In Wisconsin, they say that ballot drop boxes were against the law, against the Constitution of Wisconsin. Which, by the way, stands to reason, right? A ballot drop box... You know, the mailbox, they figured out the mail uh, system in this country about 300 years ago, 200 years ago. A metal box, and you can't tell what the hell's inside it, and it's under a key, and they got postal inspectors all over the place, and they got postal police. Do we have election inspectors? Do we have election police? No. You're just going to put votes in a big, plastic, flimsy box on a corner by itself and just trust trust that everything's going to be okay? No, the mail system doesn't do it that way. Why would the voting system do it that way? So that judge, uh, the Supreme Court justice in Wisconsin said it was illegal in violation of everything, all their procedures, everything. And I believe the Wisconsin state constitution. Same goes in Pennsylvania. Commonwealth of, Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has a constitution. And it says you can vote in two ways, in person or absentee with excuse. 
military duty. I'm overseas. I live overseas. All this kind of stuff. But they said, nope, absentee, no matter who you are, where you are, no matter what, just, yep, no problem. That's against the law. And a Pennsylvania court has ruled as such. Okay? So uh, when what's was that sanctified? Was that the sanct? You can't talk about the sanctity of our elections. Now, Liz Cheney's got a problem. She's got a screw loose. She's high on her own supply. Has always been the most important person in the room, in her little world, in her little Dick Cheney, World Bank world. Dick Cheney, Liz Cheney, the Cheneys, right? Since she was a little kid, she's been a very important person. Now, you may think, well, Greg, your dad's the police commissioner. Well, you know what? First of all, everything I have is from my dad. But you know what? When I was growing up, he was a cop, and then he was a sergeant, and then he was a lieutenant, and then he was a captain. I think he made captain when I was in sixth grade. He made deputy inspector when I was in 10th grade, assistant chief when I was a senior in high school, first deputy when I was in college, and police commissioner when I was a Marine Corps second lieutenant. I had already been yelled at, screamed at, uh, ripped apart in boot camp, OCS, TBS, and that's when he became the police commissioner. I was a full-grown adult, and there are a lot of perks when Ray Kelly is your father, but it wasn't because he was police commissioner. Get it? And with her, I don't think it's ever been that way. So she can sit there, and there's no way Donald Trump is going to be president. I'm going to see to that. No, it's not up to you, Liz. Liz. And by the way, remember, this woman, Liz. You know, the, I, I heard the uh, anchors, Jonathan Carl, over the weekend saying, well, why would Bill Barr lie? Bill Barr found no, no evidence of fraud. Why would he lie? Well, Bill Barr was singing a totally different tune in the summer of 2020. Bill Barr was worried, and rightfully so. Cut 39. Well, this is playing with fire. This is playing with fire. We're a very closely divided country here. And if people have to have confidence in the results of the election and the legitimacy of the government, and people trying to change the rules to this this methodology, which, as a matter of logic, is very open to fraud and coercion, is reckless and dangerous, and the people are playing with fire. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. People are playing with fire. As a matter of logic, it's logical. It's logical that this election was corrupted. It's a matter of logic. Well, he told the January 6th committee that everything was, all the election fraud concerns were BS. He even said it. Well, we actually don't know fully what he said because uh, they only gave us a snippet. Remember, they released seven seconds here, eight seconds there. And also, oh, by the way, I think Bill Barr was scared into submission. It's like in his head, I believe he thinks that the Democrats stole it. But if you, he doesn't like Trump anyway. And if you push this issue, it could blow up all over again. January 6th scared a lot of people. Uh, I understand to a point, but that's exactly what the Democrats wanted. That's exactly why I believe they let them in. 
It wasn't to stop the counting of the vote. It was to stop the objections to the votes. We were making progress. Unlike any Democrats have opposed this, have opposed elections before. 20 of them in um, in 2000 stood up under the Electoral Count Act of 1887. There was a, a forum. There is a forum, still a way to do it. You put your objection in writing and you join forces with the states, with a U.S. senator. Well, no U.S. senator would come forward in 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012. In all those years, I believe there was an objection. Definitely in 04, definitely in 2000, definitely in, uh, I don't remember about 12, definitely in 16. And of course, in 20, they wanted to stop it. That's why they let everybody inside. It's amazing. It's all so clear to me now. Max in Manhattan. Hi. You there? He hung up on us. That's not right. Uh, John in Staten Island, hello. Uh, hey, Greg, I was just going to mention it quick. Uh, uh, Ex-Vice President Biden, as I call him, and some other people do, uh, mentioned that he saved a trillion dollars. Listen, I hope he could do a special right before this election because he didn't save a trillion dollars. He just didn't spend it right away. But between the time Trump left and uh, Biden is in charge right now, there's five trillion uh, these infrastructure uh, reduction act or whatever. It's all the green bill basically. But explain explain to the people how he says he saved trillion. It's like I didn't print a trillion dollars yet, but I printed five trillion for next year that I took off of you. <laughs> you know one other thing? Yeah. He talks about um, the rich being trickled down economy he has five trillion dollars printed of my money your money our grandkids monies and he is the guy supposed to be trickling it down that's what he's doing he's trickling it down he's not giving us poor people a chance to make our own money yeah yeah trickling it down and what is that is very very inflationary i mean he has fueled inflation now we have it like we haven't had it since uh what 1982 He's uh, decimated our ability to produce energy. He's lifted the border wall. He's uh, indebted us to the world. He's uh, uh, disuniting us. He's tearing us apart. He's doing all this crazy nonsense with uh, Let the Criminals Go 1619 Project. He's down with all of that. Remember, liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Liberal plus chaos equals Biden. Thank you. Phyllis in Brooklyn. Hi. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, I wanted to give you a link on how to watch the uh, debate tonight. Uh, this, what do you mean? Which one? The one with uh, Lee uh, Zeldin. How do you watch it? Well, there's a link I could send you. NY1 has a has a description on how to do it. There's three options. You can download their app. Um, you can listen on another radio. I'm not going to mention it unless you want me to. And then um, they're going to put a special link. On, on their page. Well, they better. You know what? They played this game before, and then you go, and it's very complicated, and they want your, you know, they want this, that, and the other thing from you. No, no, no. They're going to put the, the link is going to appear a little bit. You don't have to do anything. Just click on the link. It's all right. So you wrong. just go to ny1.com, and it's all right there, right? No, I could email you the whole well, link. Well, I, I, I mean, I, look, I can't go through the trouble of that. I mean, I, by the way, I don't check my email. I uh, I got to tell you, I only text. No, I, I'm just calling because you said you wanted to watch it. No, I do. I do. But. You're telling me, though, if I go to ny1.com, it's not right there? No, I could read you the I, link if you want. Well, hold on a second. Let me just see here. I mean, 
isn't that aren't they kind of playing a game with it if they don't have it right there on ny1.com? Let's let's take a look, all right? ny1.com. Now, whether or not we can watch it, they're still playing a game with it. I mean, even this, you know, you got to send me a link, you know what I mean? I got to give you my email address. That's a pain in the neck. I I just want to turn on channel 2 and I want it to be there for free. Turn on television. Let's see here. Kathy Hochul, Lise Zeldin to debate Tuesday's Spectrum News. Yeah, it wants me to download an app. Now you lost everybody right there. I don't want to download any more apps. Do you? You don't have you do not have to download it. Well, I'm on NewYork1.com and I don't see any easy breezy way it should say to watch debate, click here tonight, or something like that. Uh and I can watch I can watch their silly report about the open streets program. I can, let's see, I can, okay, how to watch the New York debate. The one-hour event, can you believe that, just one hour, which will be held at 7 p.m. Tuesday at Pace University, will air on Spectrum News Channel in New York State. Okay, how do I watch it? The one-hour event for Spectrum subscribers, blah, oh, for Spectrum non-subscribers, download the Spectrum News app, available to Android and iPhone users, then tap live on the bar menu at the bottom of the screen to view the debate. In addition to watching the debate on the Spectrum News app, viewers can also check in on our website by clicking here. Let's see about that. Shoot, and then it's going to want it wants it wants to know check in check the login for your TV provider to log in. I don't even know any of my damn passwords. Spectrum Optimum TV. I, then you got to go through that. I think your link takes me to that, right? If you keep reading, it says that they, the link will appear shortly before the debate. But the link that you need to click on is not there yet. And well, it says long- right here, viewers can also tune in on our website by clicking here. Click on the open access link, which will appear. Oh, you're right, shortly before the debate begins. You know what, though? you got to admit, this is complicated. This crap is complicated. Right, Phyllis? It is. No, it's not. Just no, Phyllis, I'm sorry, they- Phyllis. This is more complicated than turning on channel two. I mean, if you don't want it, that's okay. Goodbye. No, Phyllis. I mean, I mean, look, I can't give you my email address, right? I don't look at my email address. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, some strangers got to send me a link and I got to click on it. And then, you know, that's complicated. You may not think so. I think it's complicated. If it's complicated for me, it's complicated for somebody else. Right? It is. It's too much. Why won't you just let me... No, I... Because I, I, I'm looking at it right now. And you're... Look, even what you're saying, all you... All I've got to do is let you email me something, and then tonight I can look through my email from Phyllis and click on it and watch... Uh, Phyllis, it should be you just turn on Channel 2. That Maurice Dubois does a very nice job, at least when it comes to debates. But, Phyllis, thank you for thinking of me... I do. And do me a favor. Hold on a second. Maybe I will take that link. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Got into James Corden. Uh, who knew he was such a weirdo? He was on that show for a long time. Kind of, you know, never really made the news. Goofy show. I watched it once or twice. I never found it interesting. He's a pretty deep guy. Uh, I heard him on a podcast once and he, you know, I don't know, seemed um, intelligent and and emotionally, uh, I don't know, he just seemed kind of intellectual. But now with this acting up in restaurants and now this over-the-top apology, we got it all ready to go. All right, James Corden, first he was, first he apologized. Wait, 
He was accused of acting up in Baltazar by Keith McNally. And then he's, and then I think he apologized. And then he took back the apology. Now he's apologizing again, right? Something like that. All right, go ahead. Look, when you make a mistake, you've got to take responsibility. So I thought I would, if it's okay, I, I would share with you what happened. So a couple of weeks ago, I was in New York with some friends and we went for breakfast at one of my absolute favorite restaurants. It's a place called Balthazar. And I genuinely, I love it there. I love the food, the vibe, the service. If I lived in New York, I'd go every day on the proviso that, you know, they would let me in. So <laughs> we sit down, we ordered, and my wife explained uh, that, that she has a, a serious food allergy, right? So when everybody's yeah. meals came, my wife was given the food that she was allergic to. But no, she hadn't taken a bite of it or anything. No worries. Happens all the time. I'm, I'm sorry. People got bigger problems. All right. I just, uh, goodbye and good luck to, uh, to Mr. Corden there. And, uh, folks, uh, I'm sorry, but we are out of time for the callers. I got to get my, uh, you know what, across the street over to Newsmax. Um, uh, Phyllis, thanks for the tip. We'll figure out a way to watch that debate. Again, you should be able to just flick on the TV and watch the debate, but no. And also, I will say this. If you miss the debate, usually they just throw it on YouTube. New York One makes it a big production to watch the debate. They want an email. They want a password. Then you got to re-enter the password. They want all this stuff. And basically, they're just trying to sell you Spectrum TV. I don't want Spectrum TV. I just want to watch Zeldin beat Hochul. Bad. I mean, real bad. All right? Back to Buffalo with her. I'll see you tonight at 10 o'clock on Newsmax. Oh, and thank you for buying my book, pre-ordering it on Amazon. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.